Welcome to the Table for One podcast, a podcast for those of you who are cooking for one. You'll find interviews with people who are cooking for one, nutrition tips, cooking tricks, and other practical topics for all my single listeners, and all without the mention of dieting or restriction because, well, dieting just kind of sucks. So join me as I explore the realities, the challenges, and highlight the joys of cooking for one in this busy world. to be answering the question, can meal planning actually make life easier? So, you know, you think of meal planning and you think of all of these things that you have to do before you get in the kitchen to cook. And it kind of is that way. You know, there is some, as my dad always says, it takes some planning and forethought, Rebecca. And that's what meal planning is. But I do want to be clear that meal planning does not have to look Maybe that way that you see all over social media, maybe that way that, that your friend who has a couple of kids or has a different lifestyle than you do, it doesn't have to look the way that they, um, the, the way that they meal plan. And so what I really want you to take away from this episode today is to realize that meal planning is just a tool or a set of tools, I guess, to be able to help you make eating easier to make, you know, to take the decision out of it at, in the moment and to be able to eat delicious food that is nourishing and also food that you're going to look forward to. Um, and so that's kind of what I want to keep as the overall theme for this today. And I think I just answered the question about can meal planning actually make life easier? Yeah, it can. And thanks for joining me today. No, I'm just kidding. So I, I wanted to start, uh, before we really dig in into talking about meal planning, I want to talk a little bit about meal planning and kind of, again, when you see meal planning being promoted on social media and maybe in some blogs is this this huge undertaking and it can be really it can feel really overwhelming when you see people doing all of these different things to plan their meals and and all of this prep and all of this work essentially um and it and it doesn't have to be that way. So the reason why I want to start by talking about this was a couple months ago I was a guest on Paige Smathers podcast called Nutrition Matters. She is fantastic and it is a fantastic um, podcast. We we actually got into a little bit of a disagreement about, about meal planning while on air. And long story short, I realized that we actually were both promoting the same thing. We just said it in different ways. And because of that gaffe on my end, by not being super clear, I wanted to take the, a moment here and talk about feeling overwhelmed um, and to talk about that right out of the gate. Because for me, certain methods of meal planning just make me feel really overwhelmed. And as I've talked to other people, particularly, you know, those of us who are cooking for one, there are some of those methods that might seem like they're helpful or might seem like they're the way that you have to do it, but they also lead you to feel like it's a lot to have to do. And that's a red flag. Um, Really, the takeaway here, I want you to feel like you have some sort of a tool or a couple of tools, a couple ideas to to take home and and to make cooking easier. Um, oftentimes, 
you know, doing some sort of planning will take out that effort in the moment and that could be worth it at a lot of times. So I just want you to know that I'm not here to tell you that you have to take a few hours to plan out and then shop and then batch cook to make snacks, to prep all of these different components of these um, meals that we see on social media. Prepping food ahead of time can be a helpful trick for some people, and maybe some people enjoy it to do a big, you know, a couple hour prep um, session. And, and you know, it can, it can really help things. <laughs> but meal planning really, and, and preparation as well, I'm kind of um, combining those two into th- the same umbrella of meal planning, but it can really look however it is that you want it to look. And again, I want you to be able to take a couple of ideas from some of the things that I talk about today and to find a couple of, of tactics that work for you or that might seem like they work for, or that seem that like might work for you and then run, um, with those. There's no right way. There's no wrong way to meal plan. It's just about finding a method to make cooking And essentially it comes down to eating to make that easier uh, for you and to um, help you, you know, live the life that you want to and whatever that looks like. So I also want to address meal planning and dieting because a lot of times meal planning is a means to dieting and, and it's used as a method to control what or how much you eat. And that's really not what I'm here to talk about today. I want to look at meal planning as a tool to help you make delicious and nourishing food at home. Um, to realize that and recognize that it can add structure to your day. It can help you avoid feeling, getting to that point where you're so hungry that you can't think straight that you don't feel good and it can be a way for you to save time cooking like I talked about already you can save money by making your own food and reduce food waste by planning to use up those ingredients so we're really talking about meal planning as a means to make things easier in the kitchen to make feeding yourself easier and to add some structure to that and then also to um be able to you know reduce waste and save money okay so with all of that said now let's kind of get into meal planning so what do you how do you determine if what you're doing is right you know, that's, I, that was a question that I hear a lot and my answer is going to be maybe not so exciting, but it, it is because it's really individualized. It really depends on your lifestyle, how much time you have, the foods that you like to eat and how, or where you want to spend your time cooking as well as your budget. There are so many factors. So to be able to answer that question, it really, it just depends on you and the moment that you're in and and if you know any method is going to make your life easier i'm really going to be coming back to that a lot um it really comes down to whether it's going to make your life easier and make it easier to to feed yourself um also want to acknowledge that is not possible, it's not practical, it's not realistic, it's not real life to expect that you can plan out all of your meals. If you find yourself standing in front of the fridge, scratching your head about what to eat, 
Um, you're not alone. We all experience that whether we intend to or not. Um, I have a whole episode on that. It's episode five, I think it's, it's actually, it's called how do I throw together quick meals that actually taste good? So you can look that up and, and listen to that because you know, there's kind of meal planning or throwing something together or grabbing something out. And I guess grabbing something out or throwing something together can still be part of a plan. But um, there are a couple of different options there for feeding yourself, obviously. And, and, you know, another thing that I want to bring up before we really talk about the nuts and bolts of meal planning and, and, you know, what it's helped me with, um, is, is that it's, I find it really helpful to talk and think about cooking for yourself as an experiment. I find it really helpful to go into cooking and planning, um, knowing and expecting that it won't go perfectly, that if you want to cook more and to make it easier, you just, it's just time to get started. Start with one meal, for example, start with one method of planning or just start with something and then try it, check it out, um, check, check in after a week or so and note what's working and what's not, and then move on. I know that there can be so much tied up with cooking and eating, but there doesn't have to be. And I know that I'm not looking into the nuance here at all, but that would be a whole other episode on its own. Um, I know that there can be so much tied up with food. And if you find yourself in that place where it feels really overwhelming and it's more than just knowing where to start with planning or prepping, um, I would highly recommend taking some time and and meeting with a registered dietitian or a therapist who can help you address stress associated with eating, maybe some of your past experiences with eating and, um, and eating it in itself. You can also head over to the Table for One Facebook group and ask for tips from other group members who are also cooking for one. Okay, so after that, after all of that, I, I want to share a little bit about what meal planning has looked like for me. I, I share this because I find it helpful to learn from other people. I, when I'm listening to somebody else's experiences, I can often find one or two aspects of what they've done that I can actually implement in my own life. And I hope the same goes for you. So I'm not sharing to say that this is any ideal way, but I'm sharing to kind of show my experiences, maybe give you something that you can relate to because we all experience, you know, the, the things that are easy and not so easy about cooking and, and all, you know, I hope this helps you realize that it's kind of a work in progress. Again, it's an experiment and to look at it that way is really helpful because it's going to change over time and that's okay. So I started kind of planning meals when I was in college. So you know, my sophomore year when I was out of the dorms, living in an apartment with roommates, um, my mom has always cooked and she has cooked a lot over my life and hers as well. And she would plan meals for the family during the week. And so I kind of, you know, started by taking a page from her book. I, 
I chose a couple of recipes each week, probably four to five because there's seven days in a week and well, you should have something every night, right? So I did that and you know, most recipes have four to six servings in them. So I would make these recipes. I remember I've brought it up in a previous episode, but you know, a, a lemon orzo salad with chicken that was really good. I still can't eat it because I had to eat so much of it when I was in college. Um, but you know, I, I would make one of these recipes and then see it and think, oh my gosh, like, what am I going to do with all of this food? And just hope that it's going to taste good for five or whatever days. And oftentimes it didn't. Um, I would get tired of it pretty quickly. And at the end of the week, I, I would have made maybe one or two of the recipes that I had planned on. And then I would be scratching my head trying to figure out what to do with all of the left, the food that I bought that I wasn't able to use because I wasn't able to eat all of that because I'm one person, not four people. Um, and, and so that was a learning experience for me in, in retrospect, I see that, you know, making a meal for four when it's, when you're cooking for one, isn't always the most helpful thing, especially if you are somebody who likes to have a variety of foods. I'm definitely in that camp. Um, and so that can be, that can be an issue. And so kind of moving forward, as I got into my nutrition program, studied nutrition, um, really enjoyed studying nutrition. I kind of experimented with you know, meal planning because I wanted to save time. I wanted to be able to spend the time that I wanted to and needed to on homework, on spending time with friends and doing other things. And so meal planning was a way for me to be able to do that. And at that time, you know, you would see all of these, these elaborate meal plans and, um, you know, ones that maybe work pretty well for families, but when you're a single person cooking for one, it's a little bit overwhelming. And that's exactly how I felt. Um, I tried it, I think like for one day or something and then gave up. <laughs> it, it wasn't, it wasn't any method that, that worked for me. So, you know, I kind of, I just had to play around with it. And then fast forward, I started to kind of get into a rhythm and that came after the opposite of really planning things out. I didn't plan really at all and ended up eating a lot of cereal and a lot of quesadillas, which were great, but that gets boring. And as somebody who really likes food and likes to cook, I can do a little bit more than that. And so I then kind of started to really play around with different ways of, of planning meals and cooking and, and ways to prep that made things easier for me. Um, and, and I, you know, I, I kind of, I just experimented with lots of different things. So fast forward to today, I, again, I'm sharing this just to maybe give a couple of ideas. Some things that work for me might be something that would stick out and potentially work for you. Um, this is not ideal by any means, but it's a way, and I guess I'm saying that it's not ideal because there really is no ideal way. Um, this is what works for me and maybe it would work for you. So 
on on weeks that I don't have a lot of recipes that I am um, photographing or or testing, um, I do a little bit of meal planning, and it's not. I mean, I you know I probably spend an hour a week at the most planning and um, preparing my meals. So really what I found to be helpful is I first start in my kitchen. So I'll look around and see if there's anything that I need to use up and then I'll make sure, make a note to find recipes that utilize that ingredient. So I'll start in my kitchen, like I said, and then, um, if I, you know, go to the store, then I'll kind of look around and see what's on sale, what looks good. And I will kind of combine all of that together. I I will say that I usually will find like two or three recipes that sound good that incorporate an ingredient that I have on hand especially one that I really want to use up. And then I will go to the store and kind of improvise a little bit based off of what's on sale. And I talk more about um, kind of improvising and and how to throw meals together quickly. I already shared that. It's episode five, I think. You know, how to make quick um, food that is delicious. And that's really not what it's called, but throw together quick meals that actually taste good is what it's actually called. So you can learn more about that there, but, um, it's kind of just my method and then I'll throw things together and I'll usually buy a couple of vegetables and use the same ones over and over again, regardless of what the recipes call for. And that's easy and works better because I then don't have just a small amount of, whatever vegetable and then a small amount of another vegetable and then try to figure out like how to finish them off because that can be a concern when you're cooking for one. So that's something that works for me. And then to put that into actual like, um, share, or I guess share an actual example of that. So I, <laughs> I made a few recipes for a client with ground beef and, uh, this was a couple, like a month or two ago. And so I decided, you know, maybe I'll go to Costco and buy a bunch of, of ground meat. That way there's not quite as much packaging. It can be a little bit less expensive. I can prepare and have that on hand instead of having to buy it every time. So I bought it. And of course, like none of the subsequent recipes were ground beef, um, had ground beef in it. So then I was stuck with Costco size, um, package of ground beef. And I made the not so bright decision to, I think it was like five pounds of ground beef that I bought. So I just split it into two and I kind of pressed it kind of thin in, um, plastic bags. And I put it in the freezer thinking, Oh, maybe I could break some off or whatever. Well, long story short, I couldn't, it was pretty thick. And I essentially just had to, had to, um, thaw a whole package, which I think was two, two and a half pounds. And so luckily I took that out around the 4th of July. I was having a barbecue. So we used that ground beef. We used about a half of it, um, for a small dinner party. And then I had about another pound and a a pound and a half or so left over. And I had to figure out what to do with that. So what I did, and I think this is kind of combining a couple of methods of cooking that I find to be really helpful, especially when you're cooking for one. Um, and so what I did was I, 
cooked up a bunch of all of that ground beef. I just seasoned it with salt and pepper, super easy, and then stored it that way. I That is is a method called batch cooking, and that's one that I find to be super helpful that I really like because you're able to... Um, you're able to make like more or extra of whatever it is that you would probably be cooking anyways. And then you can save time down the line by not having to make it again. And you can also, by not seasoning it, you can use it in different dishes, um, dishes that are like completely different actually. Um, and so I found that to be really helpful. I ended up making, um, quesadillas. I bought some of my favorite, uh, uncooked flour tortillas and I made quesadillas with, with that ground beef and some peppers and onions. And I had pickled, um, onions that I made a couple of days before that were so good on it, um, with cheese. And then I also used up the rest of that beef for, um, I used it to make this Thai beef, and spinach dish with fried garlic and it's on uh nourish nutrition blog it's really really easy and super delicious super flavorful um dish and i will share the link to that i made that as well so though i mean like a mexican flavored dish and then a thai flavored one with the same meat so easy so different but you're using the same base ingredients. Actually, you're using, um, you could use rice, I guess, too, if you wanted, and you can use those for both of those. So that was super easy. Um, and so that's kind of my own process. Um, planning, planning meals can be, could look so many different ways. You know, you can, um, I, I encourage, my clients to plan their meals based off of their time constraints. So when we're actually putting this into practice, in addition to knowing what you have on hand and then going from there, highly, highly recommend um, looking at your week and seeing what's ahead. Cause you don't want to take, you don't want to schedule a meal like a casserole, for example, you don't want to schedule that for a day that you're going to be working late and getting home late and being hungry and wanting to eat right away. Um, you're not going to, even if it is hands off time, I'm not going to want to have to sit around and wait for an hour for something to cook. I'm going to want leftovers that I can heat up right away. I'm going to want a meal that I can throw together in 10 or 15 minutes, or I'm going to want to plan on grabbing something out for those days. So first step Go ahead and um, look around and see what you have on hand. I find that to be super helpful. And then, um, and then you know, go grocery shopping and look up and excuse me, find a recipe and then go grocery shopping, and um, and then you know, schedule those for days that you have enough time to cook those. And that's kind of my process. I find it to be super helpful. Um, but let's be realistic here. So planning is great, but maybe, maybe it's not so ingrained in you, or maybe it's not something that you've done before. And it's a little bit overwhelming to, to feel like you have to, you know, jump in and, and plan your meals. Well, you don't, (laughs) you don't have to at all. Um, I would recommend, outsourcing 
those and I will talk about that in a little bit. So again, there's no right or wrong way to plan or to carry out your meal. Hopefully you've gotten a tip or so from my own experiences. Uh, now I want to share a couple of methods that I found to be helpful. Um, in particular, or particularly for those packages of food that you buy that you can't quite finish in one meal or maybe two meals. Um, as a person cooking for one, you know, you're cutting recipes in half um, or you're eating the same thing for multiple days. And so when you're eating the same thing for multiple days, it's a little bit easier to use up a full package of coconut milk or or a certain vegetable or something. But if you're cooking for one and don't, and you're not one who wants to eat the same thing over and over again, you can be left with excess ingredients and that's a little bit difficult. Um, so what I would recommend is a, you could batch cook ingredients. So like I said before, I batch cooked some ground beef and that was super easy. I was able to cook it all up and I've, I have one serving left, um, that I will eat tomorrow of my Thai beef and, and it's, I was able to eat it in a couple of different ways and it did not get boring, which was really nice. And I didn't have just a little bit left in the fridge and, you know, and left wondering what to do with it. Uh, my next tip is to repurpose meals. So this is something that I find to be super helpful and can be simple once you kind of get in the, um, the mode of, of thinking this way. So repurposing meals is essentially, um, taking a component of a meal or different components of a meal and using it in a different meal. So it could be as simple as using that ground beef in a different dish, or it could be making some like ground beef and adding like a pasta sauce to it and, and have turning that into lasagna maybe, or having that over tortellini or pasta, something like that. And that's a couple of different um, ways that you could eat it that are different enough, something to look forward to as well. Um, and I did want to say that on Nourish Nutrition blog, all of the recipes that I have, at least the ones that are more recently, I, I should say the, most of the more recent recipes all have suggestions of ways to repurpose those ingredients, whether it's one of the ingredients or it's the whole or most of or a component of the meal. My next tip is actually one that I got as I asked around in a cooking for one face group, Facebook group that I'm in. Um, one of the people in that group, she suggested shopping at the dollar store. And the reason for that is that some food companies will um, like adjust the size of their packaging to meet the $1 price point. So most of the time it's smaller packages of whatever item it is that they sell. And that's a little bit easier to, to finish off if you're, if you're cooking for one. And so that's an option. You can also ask grocery managers at, at your favorite store about smaller packages or if they have any recommendations for you, if you're, or if, if you can kind of play around with, you know, 
with what you find in the produce section, if you can kind of move things around. I know, for example, or I've done this before, where um, like a bag of grapes or cherries, cherries are in season, I, and I just bought some, so I have that on my mind. But, you know, they sell those by the pound, but all of the bags have different amounts in them. So kind of, you know, take some out if you need to and and have a smaller amount that you're taking home. That way you're able to, you know, not spend as much money on something that you're not going to be able to eat. Another tip is um, to kind of like asking the grocery manager or somebody working grocery, go to the bakery and do the same thing. I, again, since the 4th of July was just a week or so ago, um, I talked a little bit about going in and grabbing a bun from the, um, from the deli or from like a soup station at, or excuse me, like the soup station at a, at the deli or at the, or at the bakery, just grabbing one or two or however many rolls you need, as opposed to what the eight or 12 that are in a, um, a bag usually. And that way you're able to, again, not use, not have to buy more than what you need and also save money doing that. I also kind of along those same lines would recommend shopping in the bulk section of the grocery store. So there can be bulk produce. Sometimes there can be bulk, um, grains and spices and other dry ingredients. And those are fantastic places to, to shop. If you're shopping for one, it allows you to try, maybe try an ingredient that you haven't tried before buy less of a spice that you're not going to be able to use a whole entire jar of normally. And it's so much less expensive, like less than a dollar versus $4. Um, and so that's something else that I would highly recommend. Another tip is to freeze leftovers and that can look a number of different ways. You can freeze whole meals um, so that you can just reheat them later, or you can freeze different components of a meal, different ingredients uh, that you would use in a meal. So for example, I, sh I freeze a couple of things often. I will buy a large block of cheese because it's less expensive that way. And that way I can get cheese that I really like and not have to worry about spending more than, um, what I would use. What I do is I shred it and place it on a, a cookie sheet and then freeze it and kind of, um, take it out once maybe, well, I'd actually, I don't even do that. So freeze it on a cookie sheet and then transfer it to a bag. And that way you can have frozen cheese that you can use like anytime. And if you just let it sit out at room temperature for 15, 20 minutes, it'll soften and you can use it just as you would if it weren't um, frozen, or you could just add it directly to something that you're cooking and it melts really well. I found that to be super helpful and super easy. Also freeze beans. I freeze bread. Bread is something that I just struggle with eating enough of, but I also really don't want to waste good bread. So I would slice it and freeze it. Like I talked about the ground beef, you can freeze meat. You can also chop vegetables. Um, and that is particularly helpful if you feel like you can't eat the whole package or the whole amount that you that you cook, that can be a really helpful um, thing. And again, if you're gonna cook it later, then 
then it's just, it's very easy. I, I wouldn't necessarily eat them raw afterward because they will be a little bit waterier, a little bit more watery. Okay, that's great English. So it'll be a little bit more watery, but if you're cooking something, that's to that works totally fine. Okay, so that is about it as far as methods that I found to be helpful to actually use up full packages of food. Freeze it, um, repurpose meals, so use up those ingredients for different recipes. Shop at the dollar store, as in buying um, smaller portioned, smaller sizes of those ingredients if you can. And then shop in the bulk section. Okay, so another question that I was asked is, how do I eat up all of those vegetables that I buy? How do I not eat the same ones yet make it easy? So this kind of the same thing, it goes along with those, you know, buying enough ingredient, but like figuring out what to do with the rest of it. So my best tip is actually to do a little bit of prep yourself or let the store do that for you. So what that would mean is instead of each time you're going to cook, chop a bunch of, not chop a bunch, but chop enough onions for a couple of days of cooking at once or chop like a whole pepper and then use that a few times. The reason why I find this to be super helpful or, and I guess too, you can also, you know, buy them pre-chopped, but I find this to be super helpful because how likely, so, okay, excuse me, let me kind of start over again. So I, I have found for myself and as I'm talking to a lot of people as well, that one of the biggest barriers to eating more vegetables is just being in the habit of eating them. You know, it's not, you go to the grocery store, it's not too hard to buy vegetables, but it is harder to transfer them, you know, from the fridge to the cutting board and then to your plate or, you know, whatever you're cooking and then to your plate, I guess, afterward. So to be able to make that easier, highly recommend getting that prep work done at once and then having them ready, as I say, to grab and dump into whatever you're cooking or onto a salad or something and then to be able to eat it. <coughs> Whew, sorry, my throat is feeling super dry. So that is taking out a huge step from the cooking process because let's be realistic when you're tired when you're short of time are you really going to grab that cutting board and the knife wash that vegetable and then cut it up and then put it in what it is that you're making maybe but it's it's like five extra steps um, five steps more than what I want to do a lot of times. So I found it super helpful to just do that chopping ahead of time. Um, again, like just do a little bit more when you're doing it anyways, and that can save you up to five minutes down the line, which can add up to a lot over time. And I would also say that um, my second tip for eating up those vegetables that you buy is to get a little bit Think outside of the box of the recipe. So what I mean by that is maybe you see, so for example, um, 
a beef and broccoli recipe. I was looking at a recipe that I made recently. You know, it's literally called beef and broccoli, but do you, can you only use broccoli for that? No, I don't think so. I mean, squash, zucchini would be good with that. Cauliflower would be good with that. I mean, gosh, so many different vegetables would be good with it. Is it going to be exactly the same as it was intended? No, but there is something really powerful and helpful about using what you have on hand. So my tip here in some different words is really to just buy one or two vegetables and then use that in, um, all of what it is that you're making. Again, so you can chop it up once and then use it for a couple of days. Or you can, um, you know, just add whatever it is that you have in the fridge to what it is that you're making. Because realistically, a lot of vegetables are pretty mild in flavor. And so the flavor is not going to change a whole lot of the dish. The flavor of the dish is not going to change a whole lot if you're adding a different vegetable um, than what it calls for. Okay, so my next tip um, goes along with figuring out ways to um, to not eat the same thing over and over again, but also to not have to spend, you know, start the process over, over and over again. So I kind of talked about this a little bit, but I want to say it here and make it specific to talking about um, making meals easy, but also not spending a lot of time in the kitchen. So I would recommend making only half of a recipe if you don't want to eat the same thing over and over again. Um, you know, that's a question that I hear, like, what do I do, um, to, how do I eat things that are different, but also not spend a ton of time making half of a recipe is a way to not have to eat the same thing over and over again. Um, and then my next tip would be to not completely assemble a dish. And so what I mean by that is instead of, you know, making that, um, Thai beef with spinach, make that all the way, make the beef, um, prepare the sauce for it, prepare the, the vegetables that you're going to add to it and then keep those separate. That way you can use the beef for that, that Thai dish. You can use it, it calls for spinach. And so you could use that spinach in a salad. Maybe you can use it in something else. And that way you're able to get those exact same ingredients, use those up, but have different flavors going on. You can also say, serve, you know, a part like a, a protein or something with different grain or vegetable. You can also freeze leftovers if you want to have something to just heat up. That helps you not waste food or money, but also save that food for later and make it easier to prep. Another tip that was shared by Patty, who is a, a member of a, um, of a group of a Facebook group for people cooking for one, she, re she suggested dehydrating excess canned ingredients, which I thought was interesting because I haven't tried that before, but I think this is a cool idea because, um, you can use a dehydrator or dehydrate, um, whatever canned fruit or vegetable in your oven with low heat and the dehydrating it helps save you space in the freezer, which I think for all of us is, is something that we want to be aware of. So Patty, thanks for that recommendation. That was awesome. And I, so my next tip is to have a well-stocked pantry. 
I highly, highly recommend having things on, having a bunch of ingredients on hand so you can just throw something together for those days that you don't prepare. Or it helps you not have to buy so much at the grocery store every time. Um, and I will share a link to my pantry list. It's just, oh gosh, www.subscribepage.com slash pantry. And that will get you um, the place to download that. Okay, so now that we've talked, now that I've shared a, a few of my favorite tips and tricks to making planning and preparing food easier to make it fit within your lifestyle, let's talk about ways to outsource aspects of meal planning and prep. Um, you might want to be able to do all of that on your own and sometimes that might be reasonable and other times that won't be and that's okay. I So with that said, I wanted to share a short list of services that I've heard of or those that I um, have used or know of others who have used those. I don't necessarily endorse any of these. These are just options that I am familiar with. So as far as outsourcing goes, you can outsource the planning part of it. So there's lots of websites and apps that have, um, you know, meal, like a meal plan, a couple of recipe ideas essentially is what it is that they will send to you, or you can like pick your own within a couple of options. Those, um, some of those apps and websites are meal Lime, That's an app. Living plate is a dietitian. Um, developed meal planning website. Cook Smarts is another website that that helps you plan out your meals or it does the work for you. And one cool thing about these options are that you can use those long term. Just take the planning part of it out of it and and they're really not all that expensive and it's a good way to just, you know, like have something have some recipes that you are going to make and make them without a whole lot of thought. Or as a friend of mine experienced, you can try those out and kind of get into the mode of planning. And then, and then you can stop and, and do it on your own when it's a little bit easier for you and you're kind of in the mode of, of planning. Um, a lot of websites will auto-populate grocery lists, nourish nutrition blog. My website is supposed to. I don't know where it is. It's a new feature. I need to figure that out, but it's supposed to auto-populate grocery lists. There are meal delivery kits. So if you like to cook and you want to have um, lots of different recipes that you can cook without having to do any of the planning or the shopping, that's a great option. So HelloFresh is one that I've tried a couple of times. I've really liked the recipes. Gobble is a meal delivery kit that has minimal like equipment and cleanup and then your recipes are done in like 15 minutes. I've had a couple of clients who have used those and really liked it or have used that and really like it. And then Blue Apron and I mean there's lots of different um, meal delivery kits. You can also do grocery delivery. Again, anything that you can do to take a step out of this process can be really helpful. So Amazon or check your other favorite, your favorite local store will be great. And then, then another option is prepared foods. So that could range from pre-chopped vegetables that you pick up at the grocery store, um, items from the deli, uh, marinated meat maybe, 
or one that I learned from Julie Harrington, who was the chef or the dietitian chef that I had on for the last two episodes. She had such a great recommendation to hit up the, um, your grocery store salad bar for small portions of vegetables or toppings. So say you only needed a, a little bit of bell pepper was her, um, was her, example. And maybe you don't like it a whole lot or you don't know how else you're going to use it. Just buy a little bit from the salad bar. It's not going to be very expensive to buy it that way. And that way you're not wasting food or seeing it go bad, which is the same thing. Um, so that's an option as well. And then let's see. So, oh yeah. And then as far as vegetables go, I throw them in everything. I find it super easy. And if they're ready to use, you can just look in the fridge and grab whatever vegetables you have on hand, take them out. And then as you're making your dish, you can just throw those in as, as you see, I found that to be helpful. And, and I would recommend taking them out of the fridge with all the rest of the ingredients that you're using, because you're not going to remember to use them if they're still in there. (laughs) So that's really about it. As far as my recommendations go, I'm going to quickly run over some of them again. So tips to um, use up packaged foods, batch cook ingredients, repurpose your meals, find ways to buy less of a, of um, an ingredient. Um, as far as using up vegetables, do some prep ahead of time or buy pre chopped vegetables. Take those out of the fridge when you are cooking and that way you can see them in front of you and throw them into whatever it is that you're making. Most vegetables would go with most um, dishes that you make so you can kind of mix and match those as you want to. Don't feel like you have to use the vegetables that a recipe calls for. Just choose one or two for the week and use that over and over again. Um, You can dehydrate foods. Um, focusing on having a well-stocked pantry. That way you've got items on hand and I've got a list on my website. That's really easy and a good resource and then outsource when you need to. So really at the end of the day, I hope that these are some tips and tricks that can help make meal planning easier. So you don't overcomplicate things. I highly recommend Um, being aware of how you're feeling about this throughout the process. If you feel overwhelmed um, or really stressed out about planning or preparing food, maybe it's time to think of a different option for you. It doesn't, the, you know, I mean, this is, these are hopefully methods that will help make your life easier and more enjoyable. Um, The point of planning is to save yourself that time and that effort to allow you to then do other things that you have to do and those things that you want to do. Remember that eating is a way to fuel your body, to enjoy foods that you like, and to relax. Obviously, you can't achieve those every time that you cook or that you eat, but if the foods that you make lead to enjoyment, help you feel nourished and fuel you, and also allow you to do the things that you want to do, and that could be cooking too. That's totally great. Um, but if you're, if that is the case for you, 
more than half of the time or more than that, then, then you're doing, you're doing something right. Healthy eating, um, is really about finding ways to eat foods that make your body feel good and about ways to make eating fit within your lifestyle and your individual needs. And, and I just want to stress again, that overcomplicating eating doesn't actually help us. It just makes eating well too difficult and so not sustainable. I personally have worked to help uh, to work to eat more intuitively and have found that um, when my clients do the same, it's really helpful. Um, that sometimes means that I'm eating a lot of produce. Like right now, I'm just eating lots of fruits and vegetables because they sound really good to me. And other times, not so much. Realize that a healthful diet kind of takes into account your general eating patterns. We're not talking about just one meal or one bite, but it's it's like, you know, what you eat over time. And it's also something that doesn't complicate your life. Um, a healthful diet enhances it. And when I say a healthful diet, I'm really talking about a healthful way of eating is one that enhances your life. It doesn't take away from it. So kind of keep that in mind as you are considering ways to plan out your meals and, um, what you're going to eat for the week and, and find ways to make that easier. So head over to the table for one Facebook group for, to continue the conversation, to ask any questions that you have or any concerns that you have about meal planning, um, and just get the conversation going. So that is it for today. Thanks again for tuning in and we be back next week. Thanks so much for listening to the Table for One podcast with Rebecca. If you're cooking for one or know somebody who is, make sure to subscribe to the Table for One podcast on your favorite podcast app. That way you can stay up to date on new episodes that will help you make cooking for one easier and more enjoyable. Feel free to continue the conversation over at in the Table for One Facebook group. You can also find recipes or work with Rebecca over at nourishnutritionblog.com or honestly, the easiest way is to follow me on Instagram. My handle is nourishnutrico and you can click on the link of my profile to get more great resources for cooking for one. Talk to you next week.